I remember by Brenda Mdambo there. Oh, I just, you know, I'm a big fan of hers. You, you know this, you know, that. if you're a regular listener of the show, you know this. So, um, yeah, definitely happy that we can play some of her songs today. Tomorrow is, of course, also is Friday. So we do the profile interviews on Friday. Um, I'm not sure what surprise we have cooking for you for tomorrow. So I won't reveal it yet. But you don't want to miss this show on a Friday between 11 and midday. I'm telling you, it. trust me. You will thank, you can thank me later. You can thank me later. For now, I want us to turn our attention to um, the plight of workers in at Denel who continue to face challenges over um, salaries, the payment of salaries. It's the second year in a row that Denel workers are having to spend their festive season with this much uncertainty. Matthew Parks is Kosatu's parliamentary coordinator and joins us now. Matthew, good morning and thank you so much for your time today. Matthew, you know, I've been saying all morning that I don't understand how the situation at Denel has been allowed to continue to deteriorate for the amount of time that it has without any clear direction of an intervention of a turnaround strategy that ultimately is affecting workers and leaving them the most disadvantaged. No, I would agree with you 100%. It just makes no sense. <clears throat> we know why the SOEs are in a crisis. Um, we had a decade of state capture, of corruption, of deliberate mismanagement, of thefts. You know, as you know, it was heavily hit too. I think we all saw the articles and the reports <clears throat> of how, you know, the Gupta associates were really involved in pilfering at Denel, even stealing intellectual property. And that has really hit them hard. But we're two years down the road, and Denel has been limping along for the, since 2020. Um, workers usually don't get paid. If they get paid, it's a partial payment. It's had a huge impact upon those workers. Um, if you're receiving 20% of the salary, you won't survive. Many workers have lost their homes, their cars, their property. Um, there have been reports of some workers even committing suicide, and you would understand that if you're a breadwinner, you can't feed your family. You've lost your home. Uh, many workers who would be critical to rebuilding Denel, given the experience, the expertise, the intellectual knowledge they have, to rebuild it, have left, and you can't blame them. They've gone to other countries where their skills are highly sought and respected, and that's going to make it even more difficult to rebuild Denel. And Denel, like all the other SOEs, <clears throat> ESCOM, Plaza, Transnet, were, were functioning well until a decade ago. They were profitable. Um, the products were highly sought after. And we've seen this kind of collapse. And I think for us, the frustrating thing is that we don't see a clear plan to say, okay, this is what needs to be done to save Denel. This is how we're going to get it, the timeframes, the interventions, the support from government, et cetera. This is the kind of partnerships we'll build with other uh, companies in the sector. <clears throat> this may be how we'll consolidate. Um, there have been discussions, for example, can we consolidate Denel Aviation with SAA Technical, given that they have similar areas of interest and given that they're both struggling. But we don't see a sense of movement by management and what we're seeing is a continuous bleeding of the companies until it'll become too late to save them. And that's really is a tragedy. And again, as you're saying, Kathy, we're heading 
for in fact the third Christmas in a row, sorry, the second Christmas in a row, where these workers will sit in a very bleak Christmas, unable to feed their families, unable to ensure their kids are sorted out for school next year. Matthew, all of this happens under the watch of trade unions like COSATU. And the unique position that COSATU is in is that you're part of the alliance. You have a say at the table. You have some kind of influence that you have, whether it's at the negotiating table with the governing party, which, which means that whether by way of party or state, you have access to the decision makers of the day. How are you allowing this to happen? It's a difficult one, and there's no simple answers, to be honest. Um, and I think we almost accept responsibility for the situation to different degrees. But I think also just to bear in mind, trade unions are not political parties, they're not governments. We can make our noise, we raise our issues. At times, government listens, at times, it doesn't listen. Um, similarly, in management. Often, in fact, you find in management, there's actually open hostility, irrespective of alliance, towards trade unions. Um, this has put the trade unions in a very difficult spot because you're right, members, workers look to trade unions, even if they're not members of those unions, to say, can you save us? Can you intervene? And this has forced the trade unions, because of the lack of movement by government and management, <clears throat> to actually take it to now to court. So there's several unions which actually have taken to now to court to attach property uh, because they're failing to pay the legal obligation to these workers, to pay them the salaries, the provident funds, the medical aids, etc., or even the retrenchment benefits when they leave. Um, so the several unions have actually, in and outside of Kosato, have taken government to court on this very issue of Donnell. Um, it's a difficult thing because unions don't want to put a company under business rescue or attach its assets because that also it deepens the crisis. Uh, government's got, the, the company's got less space to move, it's got less resources, etc. But unions are doing it increasingly out of desperation because you find the management or government simply not moving or not listening. Um, not just in Donnell. Um, some well, municipal workers have actually been forced to go to court numerous times to attach municipal property when they fail to pay the workers. So it's new terrain, it's evolving terrain, um, but the unions are correct. When government or employers fail to honor the obligations, they have no choice but to go to court to enforce the rights. But, uh, what, yeah, but what is COSATU doing to hold government accountable? through the various platforms that you have available to you? Sure, look, we've been raising it at all the platforms, be it an alliance, be it in bilaterals with the ministers, be it at parliament, be it at NEDLEC, be it in the public space. We, we do that all the time. Um, to some, some successes and some failures, in some areas we've managed to make progress. So, for example, at ESCOM, when the previous minister of finance and the previous board chair of ESCOM had wanted to retrench half the staff. We managed to intervene to block that, to come with a compact to rebuild ESCOM, et cetera, and to stop those planned retrenchments. Um, but each one is a different fight. We have to keep pushing on it. We've, we're intervening now at Transnet to try to halt uh, planned retrenchments there. Other areas have not been successful. We've seen at SABC, we were not successful trying to halt the retrenchments there, even when we had the actual support of the ruling party, the minister. Um, it's a difficult thing, but I think for us what really is critical is the, what are the solutions. Um, and I think that's the, the one major failure of all of us, is to come up with a clear solution to fix Denel. And if we continue this rate, we'll end up finding a year or two years' time, it will be too late to save the company. So I think it's that all of us, be it as unions, be it as governments, have to, to find a solution to it.
And, and and I hear what you're saying, Matthew, that it's a complex situation to find yourselves in. But one of the reasons why I'm, I'm asking you to be specific about what Kosatu is doing is that we have seen what Danelle has done in terms of trying to apply for different types of bailouts <coughs> from government and, you know, not really moving in that regard. You've spoken about what... Um, some of the other unions in the space are doing to try and hold um, the officials there accountable. And the role of COSATU is really about this conversation that you want to have on what are the solutions. Because any kind of solution has to begin with accountability. It has to begin with an acknowledgement, a full acknowledgement, that the workers of Denel have been placed in the worst situation possible. And, and that is a very conservative description of the situation. You talk about people who have taken their own lives. We've had some of their colleagues on the show, not just last year, but this year, who've been crying about the situation there. People living in their cars. There seems to be no appreciation for the kind of havoc that this is causing on the lives of workers. And it, it's almost as if they deserve to, to live under these conditions, that they deserve to not know what's going to happen at the end of every month and have to scramble to, to get by. We'll continue this conversation, Matthew, and I'll, I'll give you a chance to, to respond to that. We'll also take a couple of calls on this issue on 011-714-2006. It's 10.30 now, and Musa has your headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Sasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're focusing on Denel and really looking at the plight of workers there. Kosatu's parliamentary coordinator, Matthew Parks, is on the line and he's part of our conversation today. Uh, so, Matthew, let me give you a chance to, to respond to what I had just said before I start taking a couple of the callers that we have lined up. Yeah, you know, I think Kat, the issues you're raising are, are, are correct. Um, and it's, to be honest, it's a... Uh, it's bad to say. It's not just Danelle, which is hanging on for dear life. I think Danelle is probably the worst. Um, there's other ones. There's the post office, there's SABC, um, Transit and Prasa, even ESCOM. And they're all in serious degrees of, of, of real crisis. SA Express simply died. Um, COVID just finished it off. SAA Group, I don't know if it still exists. Um, and so it's a difficult thing because, look, we can lament it, we can express our frustrations, we can, uh, you know, kick government, etc. But the real thing that workers want to hear is what is the solution? Um, they want to know is there a way to get us out of this crisis? We've had a lot of discussions on this at the recent COSATU Central Executive Committee meeting in November, where we've asked each of our unions, which organize specifically in these different sectors, to come with plans for our next CEC meeting in February. Uh, because we need a solution to these SOEs. We do recognize that the, the days of government just simply giving bailouts, you know, ad nauseum to SOEs, it's over. Uh, the fiscal state doesn't allow it. And also there's a consequence to it. If the government's bleeding 100 billion rand to bailouts for SOEs, it means there's no increase, there's no money for increase of public servants. You know, there's no, or there's no money to stimulate the economy or provide relief to unemployed people, etc. And the real solution is not bailout. The real solution is what needs to be done to reposition these SOEs 
to get the clients to fix whatever the leakages are, etc. I think the other thing which I often forget to, to, to appreciate is that some of these SOEs, the, the sectors they operate in have changed fundamentally. So I'm sure, Kat, the last time you went to post a, a letter physically was years ago. We email now, we send WhatsApp. So we need to have a new model, for example, for the post office to enable it to survive because the existing model is not going to survive, you know? Um, Similarly for the aviation sector, you know, with COVID-19 and virtual meetings, we need to have new models to, to enable them to survive. I want to have an appreciation for the fact that, you know, these are complex problems. And so... The, the solutions will, for all intents and purposes, be complex as well. But again, we look at a company like Denel. You go back to May last year was part of when the crisis, even in terms of payment of salaries, really began to hit Denel. And you talk about solutions that you have tasked your members with finding that will be coming forth in February next year. February will literally be about three months shy of two years that Danell has found itself in this situation. And where is the sense of urgency, the sense of finding solutions before things become the cri- become, you know, a crisis or even acting at the point of crisis? I think part of that, that sense of frustration is why unions have taken the denial to court because they've been engaging, um, to be fair to them, at the bargaining levels in those units, uh, sorry, those workplaces like Denel. Those units have come with numerous solutions and possible ways to stop the bleeding at Denel, to reposition Denel, to get it back on its feet, etc. And I think because of the lack of response by management and government, that's why those units have gone to court, to attach the property of Denel, etc., to give some sort of money and relief to those workers. Um, but even that, that's not a solution. And that really is born out of a frustration which unions feel like it's a one-way conversation where they raise solutions, they raise their alarm bells, and management just simply ignores them or doesn't honor the commitments that's made to them. Um, under now, management has been changed a couple of times. They've each come with new plans. They said, it's all work. Give us 18 months. The unions say, okay, fine. We have hope. We will trust you. And that's why when it doesn't happen, they are forced to really go the extreme route of going to court. But even going to court is not a quick thing. You know, court processes can take you six months if you're lucky. can take you a year, two years. Um, and to be honest, the court systems fail workers because workers, as you say, they need to know where am I buying food tonight or tomorrow. They can't be told about 18-month processes because it just means they will struggle and uh, things are going to get worse for them. And of course, court Court prices themselves are extremely expensive and uh, don't favor workers in all honesty. All right. I'm going to go to Mike. You're calling us from Newlands. Hello. Hello, Mike. All right. We've, we've just uh, lost Mike on, on the line there, but I do have a couple of WhatsApp voice notes uh, for you. So I'll cue the voice note and then uh, we can continue the conversation after this. Good morning, Kathy. Aye, let me tell you the honest truth. These unions right now, they are no longer representing the workers, but they are for the employer. You can hear when you ask him, what are they doing as Kwasatu? He cannot answer you simply because they are doing nothing. Aye, man. Good morning, Kathy. Uh, you know, Kwasatu is very irresponsible. They are not even pushing the ANC. You see what happened when uh, ZCTU in Zimbabwe pushed 
ZANU-PF to the limits, Mugabe challenged them to form a political party. And look what the political party is in Zimbabwe. It's the strongest opposition party, maybe in the rest of Africa. From a trade union point of view, they have the numbers, but they are not using the numbers to correct the situation in South Africa. COSATU is a big letdown to South Africans. In fact, they are part of the problem. All right, so those are just some of the views from our listeners. Matthew, let me give you a chance to respond to that before uh, we go to the phone lines. Yeah, look, I think to the first caller, <clears throat> to people often make uh, a misunderstanding, which is natural, to assume that workers, uh, COSATO operates in a workplace. It doesn't. COSATO is a federation of unions which operate in the workplace. So in the mining sector, we have NUM. Amongst teachers, we have SATU, et cetera. So that's why we had tasked those unions which organize in those sectors come with the plans to fix this thing because you can't sustain it any longer. COSATU can play the, the role at a national level to try to bring parties together, etc. I think to the, to the caller from Zimbabwe, look, I'm not convinced by his argument. Zimbabwe is still in a crisis, despite uh, the trade unions having formed NBC there. And in fact, NBC had split there several times in Zimbabwe, and it went from occupying the prime minister position to being occupying the parliamentary backbenches and still being divided itself. I think there's two or three embassies now. And Zimbabwe is still in the same crisis, and hence people from workers from Zimbabwe, like himself, are forced to come to South Africa out of desperation to find work because the Zimbabwe economy is just bleeding. But look, I mean, a trade union is not a political party. It's meant to focus on bread and butter issues of workers, be it from the wages, be it from the security of jobs, be it a medical or a pension, and, of course, the Federation looks at broader socioeconomic issues, how to grow the economy, how to create jobs, how to provide relief to, to the unemployed, etc. Um, we would rather focus on that. We are involved in the extent that COSATA has an alliance with the ANC, going back to the days of apartheid. It has brought many good benefits to, to, to workers, you know, our progressive labor laws. The fact that we were able to release 63 billion grand from the UIF last year to give relief to 5.5 million workers. The fact that we were able to convince government to extend the 350 COVID-19 grant after it was cancelled last year. The fact that now we've got a, a proposal from Treasury released on Tuesday to allow workers limited access to the pension funds for those workers who are highly indebted or financially struggling. But I think it, these things also take time. You know, amending a law is not a thing you do overnight. It takes a year, two, three, four, five years because it's complex issues at play. Uh, but I think first, the most critical thing is, are we improving workers' lives? Are we making some progress? I think also to be realistic about what can be done, what can't be done, what COSATU can do, what it can't do. Uh, but we're not a political party. We're not ruling government. We can offer advice and suggestions. We can push. The other difficulty we have, so the caller talks about numbers. Only a quarter of workers belong to trade unions in South Africa. It's, it's, it's low. When you, sound, when you look at it, but it's high internationally. In other countries, trade might only be 10%. The point is for workers to come together to join trade unions, whichever trade union it is, that's when you have strength in numbers. And what we've seen where workers have been able to push issues is because they've joined trade unions, those trade unions have worked together, they've put aside whatever political differences they have, then they're able to push issues. But when workers are not unionized, it's very difficult. We often get complaints from workers who say, why isn't Kosato assisting? But you ask the worker, which union do you belong to? They don't belong to one.
So it's a complex issue. We also have to do much better as COSAT and our affiliates to recruit workers to convince them why it's important to join and also to service them better because that's also a challenge. You'll become your best brand or advertiser if you're seen to be servicing workers. So it's a difficult thing. There is contradictions. Um, but I think for us, look, we can lament all we want. Because the point that I think which you've been raising, Kathy, is we need to come with a solution. We need to come with them quick because the status quo is a guarantee of failure and that the workers at Denel are suffering because no one has come with a real plan or implemented it to protect them and to, to rebuild Denel. And the same thing is going to happen to other SOEs unless we fix them quickly. All right. Let me go to Mike in Newlands. Mike, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Kathy. <laughs> Hello, Mike. <laughs> I'm chomping at the bit here. Thank you so much for taking my call, and uh, uh, good morning to your guests. Look, a couple of things. First of all, he's quite conflicted, but I first of all, Kathy, have to defend him. He is a, quite right when he's repeated twice now. He is not a political party. So it's actually really unfair to ask him about why they're losing jobs and what's happening to Denel, because they have, as society, as a union, it represents the conditions and working conditions of the union, of the workers. It has no power in Parliament. It has no voting power. It has nothing. So they cannot in any way, and nor are they experts in, in anything um, other than staff matters. So to ask him how they see Donnell or what's going to happen in the future really is, is, I think, it's not fair. In fact, what we should have, of course, is the Shadow Minister of Defence from the DA. Now, and he says there is no plan and we don't know what the plan is. Well, I can assure you the DA does have a plan. Uh, DA has recorded the fact that about two years ago, they hit a, uh, Donnell hit a 7.1 billion rand loss. They put together a couple of experts, and I can't remember who and where, and the idea was to entirely privatize Danel. And Danel, even then, was going to become a subsidiary of another arms company, but that was the only solution to the problem. Unfortunately, Kusati, well, quite rightly said nothing, because it's not their business to get involved, and the government shied away from it because it's, uh, they lose control. And we mustn't also forget the fact that this is also conflicted. I was very upset with him when he warned against white monopoly capital and white people. I just thought really for President of Kasati, white monopoly capital, we all know that's a nonsense dreamt up by the Guptas. And to you know, particularly pick on white people, it's not about white people, it's about South Africans. And unfortunately, South Africans are leaving uh, Danel, ESCOM in their droves. And where are they now? As your Matthew writing says, they're all overseas working for other big companies. So we need to just accept the fact that there is a solution. Let's get the DA on. They are the shadow minister. Ask them these very questions and let's put them to the test. Because after all, Kathy, we pay a fortune in taxes for the DA to sit in Parliament and to ask a guy from the union who has no power or control or any voting power at all is, um, yeah, it's not the right guy to ask. Um, his job is to look after the workers. And thanks very much, Kathy. All right. All right, Mike. All right. No surprises <laughs> there. Mike has always been a big fan or is uh, a big supporter of the Democratic Alliance. But, uh, Matthew, I think the point that um, he is really raising here is the fact that, you know, you talk about Kosato still needing to put together solutions for a way forward. And he's saying, well, other people have actually come up with a lot more concrete ideas than what he believes you're offering today. Look, I mean, I, I think some of these crises, they, they affect all of us, irrespective of which political party you support. So he supports the idea. There's no problem with that. I and mean, that's part of his right. I think for us, we're keen to find solutions to Donnell to translate to Metro Rail, et cetera. So we'd be open to hear the solutions that they make sense. We'd, you know, we'd, we'd be keen to support. If they don't make sense, obviously we wouldn't. Um, but look, there's no trade union 
in Kosatu, outside of Kosatu, which would support privatization. Um, but look, leave that aside. I think we'd be keen. What are the practical solutions to fix Danel? Danel made money before. It was sustainable. It has expertise. Hence, other countries like Dubai, etc., are looking after Danel to poach the staff. Many countries want to buy the products of Danel and Armscore. You recall that Chad in Central Africa had a contract with Danel. Unfortunately, Danel failed to honor that contract. So we need to see what can we do to rebuild those contracts? What can we do to bring back the staff? It will mean some financial support from government in the short and medium term to get it back on its feet. It would mean government needs to help to engage some of these other countries to provide surety to them that Danel would honor its contractual obligations if they enter into a deal with it. But also, Cathy, Besides overseas markets, there is domestic markets. We have a police force of 192,000 personnel, a defense force of 70,000, we have correctional services of 60,000. Those are state institutions which are clients for Denel and Armscore. We have a huge private security industry. So we should be looking say, what can we do as government, as a private sector in South Africa to provide a customer base to Denel, to Armscore? What can we do to partner between Denial Aviation and SAA Technical to service domestic airlines, which increasingly are servicing the planes overseas in Germany of all countries, you know, across the world? It doesn't make sense. So there is opportunities, but we need to really get moving on it. We need to show the political will. And management, if it doesn't deliver, must be told, here's the door. You need to exit it. Um, so we're not coming with crazy ideas. These things worked 10 years ago, but we need to really see a will from the employer, from government, to fix it before it's too late. If we continue this route, then we can kiss goodbye to Danelle and to enter that industry as well. All right. Matthew Parks, let's leave it there for today. Uh, Kosatu's parliamentary coordinator there. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, let me let me take a look at some of the messages that you've been sending through. Um, here's let me begin with this one. The unionist uh, annoys me so much, especially when out of all these SOEs that is mentioned, but no Mango Airlines workers, as from last year, are sitting and staying at their relatives because their houses, cars, and the like are repossessed. Now it's crystal clear that Kosatu, together with SAA have teamed up to scrap away Mango Airlines. Kosatu is the biggest sellout of them all, period. Uh, that's a message there from Anonymous. Uh, Hasmuk in Mondio says, uh, Hi, Kathy. In fact, Yasmin Suka has proved that the ANC itself held TRC cases back. It's true that Kosatu has not been effective in helping employees of Denal. Uh, somebody else says, Kathy, I feel for those workers at Denal. They are in dire straits uh, due to the corruption that took place under the Zuma reign of terror. Why are we as uh, why are we so gullible as South Africans to sympathize with JZ? He must face the full might of the law. He inherited a perfectly working machine from Tabumbeki and only managed to gum up the works. That's Alphas there in Ngobo. Uh, somebody else says, Kathy. The situation at Denal has become historical. The policy pertaining to irregular expenditure not being a criminal act, uh, except, uh, and those are just some of the bad practices. It's a license to steal in simple language. And that's a message there from Chapter 2. So a lot of empathy, really, for the workers of Denal. I mean, I, I remember the last time that we had a conversation with some of those workers. It was about an hour that we spoke to different workers and 
it was an absolutely heartbreaking conversation and they just there's no sense of urgency around it you heard from Matthew Parks he says well we are talking to some of the uh, government in entities involved. We're trying to, uh, you know, lobby behind the scenes through some of uh, the channels that we had, but we are not being listened to. So what then is the prospect of a different outcome in future when clearly whatever it is that the unions are saying right now is not being taken seriously? Those that have gone to court have gone that route because they felt they have been left no other choice. And yeah, you can't help but have my heart go out to to the workers of, of Denal especially. All right, so when we continue then, we're going to look at the reconciliation. It's a project that has been put together uh, by the Javit Art Centre at the University of Pretoria. That conversation coming up.